Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Rising in the Morning. This is Rising to the Occasion, and this is week zero of college football. College football is finally here. We're all very excited about it, and this is something to look forward to. We finally have another season where we can just sit back and relax, watch some some great college football. And today there's some maybe not big, big teams to really look at for the matchups, but we definitely have some fun games to watch, uh, you know, that maybe not any teams you're looking at for your top 25 matchups or anything like that. But it is it is going to be a fun, fun game, uh, quite a bit of fun games. We'll be talking just a few of the bigger games today, and that's just about it. We're just going to talk about some predictions, matchups, go through some of that today on Rising to the Occasion. Before we get too far into it, I do want to let everybody know that we are presented by Mahler Bros, Mahler Bros Golf, and that is something that Britton and I put together. Uh, we've been making some golf apparel. We've got some polos, uh, and as you can see on the overlay there, we even have some mugs, uh, t-shirts, and all kinds of stuff that we've got over there. Go check it out at MahlerBros.com. You can check out all of our merchandise there, and you can use code RISING2 for 10% off just for listening. So go, go, ahead, go ahead and check it out. We've got some great uh, great uh, apparel right now, some great polos, very good material. Uh, Britton and I have, have really started to like some of the stuff that we've been putting together there. Uh, I'm not just by myself today. Today, I'm not only joined by Britton in the studio, but I'm also joined by uh, Britton and I's dad as well. Uh, so this being week zero, Nebraska being big time football. You guys can turn that camera a little bit. But being week zero, big time, uh, these, both of them are big time Nebraska fans. So it was tough growing up in a household with them being an Oklahoma fan, but I've got both of them written. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I woke up a little early this morning at six o'clock, not, not because I was just so awake, but because it's week zero and we got football coming and I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, dad, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I had a hard time sleeping last night. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is, it's a big week for you guys, big day for you guys. Uh, and then also we're joined by Blake. Uh, Blake, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, a, a lot of good college football today. 
Nebraska Northwestern. I know you guys are excited for that one. Man, the Scott Frost era, I can't wait right here. This is do or die for him. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. And the other games, man, look, down here in Alabama, a lot of people are excited for Vandy and Hawaii. It's just yeah. the, the, to kick off the SEC. So I'm excited college football is finally back, and I'm excited to join you guys today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, real quick, just tell everybody about uh, the Uptempo podcast and tell us a little bit about, about you just so we can get that out for you too. Yeah, man. I, I started this thing in December of 2021, and it all kind of stemmed from TikTok. I, I made a couple TikToks about Auburn football last year, a couple about missing Gus Malzahn, the struggles that we went through, and then Georgia and Alabama played, and they played in the SEC Championship and Alabama throttled them. And Georgia fans and Auburn fans aren't fond of each other, right? So I had some Georgia fans in my mentions all year. So I made a TikTok, and I was basically taking up for Alabama and making fun of Kirby Smart. And I acted like I was on a phone call with him. And I basically called him, you know, Nick Saban's son. Uh, You're never going to beat Alabama. Yes, it backfired on me. But – the TikTok blew up. It got like 500,000 views and, and 25,000 likes and everything. And so from that point on, a couple of people contacted me and they were like, hey, start a podcast. You know, if you can make these little short videos, then talk about sports since that's what you like to do. So I got my brother, one of our really good friends. He's a Florida fan. My brother's an Auburn fan. And so we just talk about SEC football and SEC sports. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I've listened to some of it too. And that's why I was really excited to have you on just because uh, I know us over here, I I have to start getting into the SEC more, but you know, we, we know a little bit about the SEC. We know that Mm. we hate them. You know, we know that they're they're a tough (laughs) conference. Everybody knows about the SEC. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was good to have you on first, especially a team like Vandy who in the SEC, you know, Alabama, you know, Georgia, and you know, these big Mm -hmm. teams that are, that are going to be a, a ruckus and everything uh but you know for for vandy being one of the matchups we we're going to talk about today it was it was big so again thanks mm-hmm. for coming on man you know I for appreciate me, it. vanderbilt is one of the teams that i forget is in the sec <laughs> yeah I had, I had to actually look up what conference are they in oh, <laughs> yeah they are too and it's it's funny because <laughs> i know every other team in the sec it's just one of those teams that you're you're not going to remember them too often but yeah i mean i don't know i was looking at some of the matchups today and i think there's a lot of good matchups just for just for football to start back off, I mean, there's mm-hmm. like you mentioned, there's no, there's no top twenty-five teams playing today or anything like that. But well, it's, and, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And one that I'm even kind of, I, I kind of want to watch that I didn't even put in our in our lineup for for games that we're gonna cover uh, is the uh, Florida State game. Not even that, that yeah, they're playing anybody. I can't even remember how to pronounce the team that they're going against. But uh, you know, just the fact that Florida State, I think, is kind of kind of on that little turning turning point where. I, I think uh, Norvell has, has got Mike Norvell there. I think he's got a, a really good chance of turning that program around. I just hope he's kind of in, in a similar situation, I think, as Scott Frost, uh, just in the sense that he needs to turn something around this season or else he's probably out of there. Uh, and and I, I like the guy. He, he used to be an Oklahoma coach, too. So, uh, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm real big on him. And, bias. Uh, I, I am biased <laughs> in that sense, but he, is, he does have that mentality sure. that I think can, can do something for them. But that's just one of the matchups that, I know that I didn't put down in our in our matchup uh, just because I don't I think they'll they'll probably take that game pretty easily so it wasn't too much to to really discuss there but uh, just the fact that Florida State watching them in a week zero game I think that'll be a 
another good game because there's there's certain teams. Uh, Jake Crane, when I was talking to him uh, just the other day, that that was one thing that he brought up that I don't even think made it on the on the uh, podcast. But you know, just the fact that you know there's certain teams that when they're better, college football is better. Nebraska is one of them. He he brought Absolutely. He, he talked about Nebraska. Uh, I think Florida State and Miami are both a couple of those teams that college football is just better when those teams are, are good. Absolutely. I always root for every team that we're mm-hmm. going to play until we play them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, we, we want to beat good teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that is how it is. Yeah. And then uh, no even, glory in beating a loser. Yeah. And, and <laughs> even after you, even after you win, that's the one thing that I always hated about the the big 12 right now is that, you, you know, you, you, you win your, your teams, you want, you beat them. You want them to keep on winning, but in the big 12, you just keep mm-hmm. on smashing each other and, and, you know, beating each other up and, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, it's it's just a big fest where you know everybody's got five losses now that you just know beat. But you know, you're all you're all pretty good, pretty good teams. You just couldn't couldn't uh, really do much with it because you know, the, you, of course, they're going to have to lose a couple, two, three, maybe even five games in that season. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll first start off and jump in. First game we had up, uh, we'll start off here with North Texas UTEP. Uh, so we got mm-hmm. North Texas UTEP. A couple of smaller teams, a couple of teams that most people probably aren't really going to pay a whole lot of attention to. Um, but I, I looked at this matchup and I thought that this matchup was one that was just kind of a fun matchup because because it's two two teams that are kind of smaller. Um, but just kind of looking at North Texas and UTEP, I don't know. I, I look at them. Uh, I'll, I'll just start off by by mentioning it is a conference USA matchup, so it's a small conference. Um, North Texas has a sixty point one percent. Uh, when according to FPI, so that's something to kind of take into consideration, although those don't mean a whole lot when really getting down to the nitty gritty of it. Um, but then also North Texas has a one and a half spread. So they are projected to win by quite, you know, maybe uh, just about 10% o- over the halfway mark there, but they, oh, they're only, they only have a one and a half spread. So that's not a huge spread to cover. Uh, and so that, that's, that's a very close game. That's a fun game to watch. Anytime I see a one and a half spread, a one and a half point spread. That's, that's something that I want to tune in because it's college football. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to be some good college football. Plus when you look, you look at, at North Texas last year, and we'll probably get into that a little bit. It's just, they just had a, a fun, a fun season to watch because they started off not doing so great to start off one and six and then ended, ended it to, you know, to, to really come back. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that was, it was, it was fun because they were able to make it to a bowl game uh, so just looking at North Texas, I think they've got a, a year where they can really step in and, and do something. What's a uh, bowl game? It's a 54 and a, <laughs> 54 and a half uh, over under on, on that game too. So it's supposed to be a higher scoring game. I guess not not a really high scoring game, but maybe a mid, mid scoring game. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just going to be a fun game. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to you first, Blake, real quick. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what did you have there on the North Texas UTEP game? Anything? So, man, I look at UTEP, and we know what kind of season North Texas had, right? You know, like you mentioned, they started out 1-6. They reeled off some victories, found a way to a bowl game. UTEP, if you know anything about UTEP, man, they have struggled throughout the years, okay? that I think they've won like five games, you know, before this past season in 2021. And last year, they, they rip off some wins. They also get to a bowl game. I think they went seven and five. And so I look at this matchup, and if I'm not mistaken, North Texas beat them last year, correct? 20 to 17. Yeah. 20 to 17. Okay. So it's at UTEP today, right? I believe so. 
Okay. It's, so it's not uh, Texas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're playing yeah, it at yeah, the yeah, uh, it's, Sun Bowl. It's going to make this game fun too. I think it's going to yeah. be a night game that helps any college game. It does. Yeah. yeah that's that's big. That's big. Yeah. And I, I look at North Texas today, and they're returning their quarterback. They did lose some playmakers outside. Yeah. But their their defense is what really has to step up this year. Okay. They that back end last year they stepped up on the back end of the season and I look at their defense and they're going to have to make plays tonight because UTEP, we know they're going to bring it offensively. Right. And North Texas, they love to run the football on the offensive side. So I think this is going to be a a grimy slug fest, just, just in the trenches type game. And I like North Texas in this one. Uh, I know you mentioned the one and a half spread. I like North Texas to go into El Paso and get a win, start the season off right, and I'm going to say a 27 to 20. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like that prediction overall, just because again, it's not a big spread, so it's it's kind of a tough game to even even pick. You know, North Texas is mm-hmm. is favored, but uh, it's it's not like it's a huge spread where you you really have one one team that you can say, yeah, they're just going to be able to uh, you know completely dominate the whole game or anything like that. So. Uh, and like you said, too, running the ball, that's crucial in a, in a college football game, running the ball and running it well. Uh, North Texas does do that well, uh, and they showed that last year. And uh, if I remember right, I think they even have their running back uh, returning, and uh, I know a major part of their offensive line, too, so that could be pretty mm-hmm. big. What do you guys got for that? Well, I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be a good matchup. I think he's – I agree with Blake – um, UTEP is going to struggle a little bit more this year. I think they I did some research on them and they've lost a couple of their, their key receivers. They lost Jacob Cowling and, and Justin Garrett. And they're, those are two of their biggest players. Um, I think Blake kind of pointed that out. They really kind of struggled with consistency last year. Um, mm-hmm. they were 108th in the nation in offensive success rate. So, you know, they're just, they're, they're a team that's struggling and trying to find themselves and put things together. Um, They had the same quarterback that they had last year, uh, Hardison. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And Tyron Smith, he's one of their best receivers, but they lost a lot of their offensive firepower in this last offseason. They've got a decent defensive front, and I think they're going to have the home field advantage um, in Texas there. So um, North Texas, they did lose a a running back, DeAndre Torre. they have the same quarterback too. They've got uh, four of the same offensive line starters. Three of their running backs are coming back. 
they've got three starting wide receivers um, that, that are coming back. And I think the they're, from what I could see, it looked like their game is defense. The defense is a stronger side of their team. Um, on paper, I just think that Texas looks like the stronger team. I think it's going to be, a, like Blake said, it's going to be a, a smash mouth football. There's not going to be a lot of huge offensive plays or anything like that. But I think in the end, um, I think Texas has probably got the better offense and they're going to, they're going to come out with a win. So. Yeah. Pretty you, you got a score projection? No. <laughs> no, right. probably seven points i'd say yeah, but i don't know what yeah. it's gonna be a lower scoring game yeah i like mm-hmm. i like all of the all of what you guys have said so far i agree that i think it's gonna be a lower lower scoring game uh due to the fact like i said texas does like to run the ball um that's gonna grind some clock out also uh you already mentioned but um utep's uh star wide receiver their best wide receiver that they had just transferred mm-hmm. uh, over i believe to arizona if i if yep. i'm correct so Losing a big piece like that, they still had some pretty decent receivers. I think some guys that can step up, um, but I don't know that it's going to be enough. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game as well. I'm going to probably go 20 to 13. Mm. I'll give Texas the win. Yeah, Texas, by the way, they had the 13th best offensive line in the country. Yeah, so yeah, they, they did. And, and looking back at last year, too, that's something I looked up was just watching their offensive line, just the way that they would block for, for their run game uh, and I mean the the passing game too, uh, but it's just you look at the the run game and just how how effective it was, uh, how they were just able to just move the ball slowly. Uh, I I'm not sure I'm not sure how much of that. I mean it's always hard for for being the first game of the season. How much of that's really going to translate into this this new season, um, especially you know if they're I, I I didn't even look this up to see if there's any any uh, changes, but I didn't see anything as far as coaching staff or anything like that. So. But, you know, you have some teams, you know, like you, you look at teams like Nebraska or Oklahoma uh, that, that just, you know, they have a big coaching staff change. Even just one coach, one part of the coaching staff changing can maybe mix some things up. So it's always hard looking at it and thinking how much is it is going to come back to this year. But uh, just kind of looking at, at UTEP, they're one and four in their last five games uh, looking back to last season. Again, that's last season. So it's hard to, to tell how much is that is that how much of that is going to translate to this year. But then. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at North Texas making five five out of their last six games, uh, you know, so they were able to to uh, do really well. And then North Texas has made a bowl game five out of the last uh, six seasons with this coaching staff that they've got there right now. Uh, and and just looking at that, North Texas has had, came from a team that take it, you know, ten years ago, I wouldn't have known who North Texas was really, but now recently they've actually made some progress and, and showing up and, and making their name, making their name, you know, to where guys like us are going to know who North Texas is now. So, uh, you know, UTEP, they won seven last year, which is more than, uh, their last four seasons combined. So UTEP also came, came off of a very good, very good season. I think that's, what's going to make this, this game so well, uh, you know, so well uh, balanced, just looking at this game and seeing just how both, both teams are coming off of good seasons, uh, and, and good progress. Um, but then the miners also UTEP, uh, they, they averaged nearly 400 yards and 25 points per game last year. That's, mm. that's some good offense. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, not very easy to, to move an offense that well. Uh, so that's, that's just the, the, the beauty of this game. I think I I'm, I'm probably leaning a little bit more, uh, towards t- kind of taking, you know, a, a higher scoring game than you guys are. Uh, I'm kind of looking at it and thinking maybe possibly, I think UTEP just with the, the the momentum that they 
came off of just from the season overall last year, moving into this year, and just the fact that they ended the season so poorly, uh, I think they want to get things rolling. I think they're going to try to, you know, kind of take the upset. I, I think I'm taking UTEP. Uh, I'm pushing it even a little more, uh, more high scoring. I'm taking 32 to 20. I think I think UTEP might be able to pull out that game. See, I'll say the same thing on the opposite end. I think Texas won their last five games, so I think they're going to want to keep that ball rolling too. Yeah, and they're absolutely. Going to offense, I think so. That's why I'd go with them. But yeah. momentum definitely carries on to the next it does. season. Yeah, we'll so. see once they're played. That's why we play the games, right? Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it does. It does. It does carry over, and that's something to to look at. I just think that with with UTEP, I don't know. I mean, I, you also look at the last season and see, man, we didn't do so hot in the. In the finishing the season let's get this this thing rolling on the right on the right track so it is it is hard again just you're, you're taking predictions here you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to take some some wins <laughs> well one thing i think you also need to keep in mind one of the reasons why these early games are so fun to watch in kind of a macabre way is because everybody's got these first game jitters and you never yeah. know what's going to happen i mean everybody's trying to figure figure out figure things out and they're trying to gel and um so anything's possible you know yeah. mistakes are made early in the season so that's the beauty of college football right yeah right yeah and one thing i, I want to add there is usually you know like week zero man the defense is always ahead of the offense yeah and so you know like i said i look at north texas's defense i like them a little bit better so that's uh that's what i'm really wanting to see in this game yeah yeah and, and yeah and it's again i think i think you guys all make valid points it's just i think i'm on the outlier here because i think it's gonna be maybe a little higher it's three on one i love it yeah yeah you guys win i just i just looked at it i'm thinking if somebody wasn't wrong the other person wouldn't be right exactly it's it's just i i look at it and i think if if i'm utep i i don't i don't dare start my season off the way i ended it last year but i also mm. don't dare start my season the way i started my season last year rolling and then just give it up so uh I, and and just looking forward to uh, as an Oklahoma fan, you know I know that UTEP's gonna gonna come into Oklahoma. I believe it's at Oklahoma, uh, so I believe that's Week One. So they're gonna have to get something rolling right now, so that way they can come in there. They're probably not expecting to make an upset against Oklahoma, but to know that you're they're going into that, you get a paycheck. Yeah, so to to, to go in and, into that that big of a game, that's that's another thing that kind of plays into to my my mindset because as a coach, you look at the whole the whole schedule. You focus on one game at a time. But you know that you've got to get ready for the next one at all times too. So uh, that's always kind of on the if back. UTEP here. beats Oklahoma. I'm going to fight Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw this out there. I think that we just covered uh, North Texas and UTEP more than anybody has done so far this this year. Yeah, probably. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's again, I I just look at that spread. That's why I wanted to to cover this this uh, matchup because I look at that spread one and a half points. That's going to be a fun game if that's if that's mm-hmm. what is expected. I just, how do you get a half a point? <laughs> Vegas, baby. Yeah, I think they will meet the one and a half points and end it there. They're gonna they're gonna kick a field goal. It's gonna bounce on the inside of the upright and just sit there. It's it's not gonna go anywhere. Well, That'd be three points, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, it's just halfway in and halfway out. Where, where's it going? All right. So moving on. Uh, this is kind of why I had Blake come on the show with us because Vanderbilt again. Who are they? What what conference they do they come from? But they're traveling down to Hawaii, uh, so they're going to go to Honolulu, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that'll be a fun matchup. Uh, Vandy, the little brother in the big C, the big yeah. SEC here. So, yeah. Oh boy. So somebody's got to get beat on, right? So kind of jumping into that game, uh, we've got Vanderbilt with a nine. This is this was really odd to me. So Vanderbilt with a a, a nine point spread. 
So they're favored by nine points, but Hawaii is projecting the FPI to, to win 72%. That didn't make much sense to me. Well, if you look at Hawaii's schedule, though, they've got a cupcake schedule. I mean, I know I get it's Hawaii. Yeah. But, yeah, um, no, I think this game. I, I want to say like seven of their of their games that they play this year, the, the other team, their opponents were like under 500 last year. Yeah. Like it, it was mm. pretty, pretty cupcake. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii does have an easy schedule, but looking at it and seeing this game, I don't know. That, that was just weird to me. Nine, nine point favorite, but then Hawaii is expected bro. to win. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I look over at Hawaii. Hawaii's got a new coach, uh, mm. Timmy Chang. Uh, so, you know, just looking at, at the fact that they've got a new coach, uh, that's, yeah, that that's something to kind of take into consideration. But you are traveling all the way to Hawaii. Can we start something? Can we call them the chain gang? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> we are, we are hopping on the Hawaii bandwagon. We are the chain gang. That is, that is. <laughs> um, but uh, they they also have the Navandi Hawaii game. It is a fifty three and a half over under. So again, another kind of higher scoring. Uh, you know, it's it's not going to be a complete defensive game. Uh, mm-hmm. is what it's projected to be. So, uh, you know, again, I think I'm going to kick it over to Blake just because you're the SEC guy. Uh, we're mm-hmm. we're going to rely on you to, to tell us that Vandy's going to come out and cover that nine-point spread. Our and... Vandy expert here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to you, hit you straight up right here. Vanderbilt, man, um, not, not high expectations, okay? Um, Clark Lee, he got up at SEC Media Days. And he said, uh, in a few years, we will be the best college football program in the country. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't mistake when he said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what, what he was trying to do. I guess it was recruiting purposes. Any way he could lure a kid to Josh Nashville, Rick, Tennessee. Maybe, maybe he meant in the mathematics football department. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, he's, he's not the coach of the baseball I team. what it felt like to be on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> He he's not the coach of the baseball team, okay? That's what we know, Vandy, uh, in the SEC for. They're they're a heck of a baseball program, right? But this football team going out to Hawaii, a lot of people have said, well, you know, the travel out there, there there's going to be jet lag. They're going to, you know, they're not going to be themselves. Well, Vandy left a week early. They they've been out in Hawaii for a week now. They've been preparing, and the thing about this Vanderbilt offense. Clark Lee went with with Mike Wright. Uh, I believe he's a junior this year. I'm, I, I could be wrong there. Um, he is returning. They went with Mike Wright over Ken Seals. Ken Seals more of the pocket presence guy. Mike Wright more of using his legs and uh, playmaking ability. So Vanderbilt is not going to throw the ball a whole lot. They're going out to Hawaii to play smash mouth football. They're going out to run the run the rock. Uh, they're going out to Hawaii to run it right down their throat, okay? And I look at Hawaii, and you had you had your whole team leave. They had over, like, 20 players hit the portal when they changed staffs. And I look at Timmy Chang coming in there, and we all remember what kind of guy he was at Hawaii. I mean, he was a Hawaii legend, but this is your first year. You lose – majority of your roster and i'm just not sure if hawaii is ready for this vanderbilt running attack i just i don't know if vandy covers the spread at nine but because i'm never going to trust vanderbilt on a spread in in vegas okay i'm I'm just 
I'm not going to trust Vanderbilt on anything, really. But yeah, I mean, unless you know they're taking a a, a test uh, or you know they're playing baseball because uh, that baseball program SAT prep. That's just <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but as far as far as the game, and I, I really do. I think that's what uh, with Mike Wright coming in and and taking taking the job. We're going to see him. We could possibly see Ken Seals at quarterback if he struggles. But I really think the playmaking ability of him and Vanderbilt's running game, I really like Vanderbilt to get the win. And like I said, Hawaii's offense, you know, I just. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I know Vanderbilt's defense was terrible last year, and it has to improve, but they had a couple guys through the portal. And so I don't I don't know, man. Vanderbilt is – their defense was one of the worst. I think they ranked like 119th in Division One last year or something like that. They were terrible, okay? But I'm just – I'm not sold on Hawaii either. Like their offense, I, I just don't know. They're talking about possibly playing like three or four quarterbacks because they have no idea who's the starter. So well, – yeah, and that's what that's what makes this game so fun to me was just the pure fact that it's Vanderbilt. You know, it's you Absolutely. know you know what Vandy's known for. It's not football. They're not going to be one of the top top con, you know top uh, dogs in the conference, let alone college football uh, in the next few years. But just the fact that it's it's Vanderbilt, and like you you brought up, it's a it's kind of a weak defense. They proved that time and time again last year. Given they are in the SEC, so you've got a lot to to stop, uh, and especially when, you know especially with some of the teams like. I think this year Georgia is going to be more offensive, uh, you know, offensive heavy. Uh, there's, they're going to be good on, good on defense because they got Kirby Smart as a, as a head coach. But you know, and then you even got teams like I think uh, uh, Tennessee kind of coming in and, and with Josh Heupel kind of running kind of a faster pace, bigger bigger offense. So you've got you've got tough offenses to go against last year, but their offense was just or their their uh, Vanderbilt's defense was just horrible last year. So I don't know. yeah, that's that's just what makes this this game fun because. Uh, I, I, you brought up kind of just a, a whole new coaching staff. A lot of guys gone from Hawaii, but mm-hmm. I also think Hawaii is going to be more of a pass heavy team and a faster offense. Absolutely. That's, that's just, what's going to make this, this matchup fun. Uh, I'll kick it over to you guys. Yeah, I was, I, I agree with that. I think uh, the coaching's all the coaching staff changes and the, and the, uh, the amount of players that, that Hawaii lost. I thought about that for a minute because like Nebraska is going to Ireland, right? We're playing in Ireland. That's, you want to talk about jet lag? You're going to get <laughs> on there. So yeah, but that's but, that's two teams jet lag there. Right, it's a little it, different. It's a little more even there, but still, 
you never know. This is week zero, which is actually week one. Everybody else is a week behind. But either way, this is like Ireland. So this is completely different mentality-wise and everything. Like Everything's just so different playing so far away from home. But, again, how how bad I think Hawaii is going to be this year is, is really what does it to me. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, Vanderbilt lost last year to East TN State. Yeah, East Tennessee State. Yep. I'm like, week. That's a team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they I got blown that. out, by the way, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. They only they only won two games last year. Yeah. Right. Vanderbilt, so I'm like, so. wow. Do I trust Vanderbilt? I mean, it's like Bethune Cookman. Yeah. One of the schools I've never heard of. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's man, it's two bad teams playing, which makes it fun because they're two bad teams. They're they're fairly even, probably. Um, but again, how much Hawaii lost, um, the coaching changes. This is a, a first, you know, first time, uh, coaching together. That's, that speaks for itself there. That's going to be a challenge, at least, you know, especially going, uh, and playing an, an SEC team. I, I get it. Vanderbilt's not good, but they do play in the SEC. Look, we, we have to take that into, into account because they're going against, they see every week, you know, great teams. Yeah. So. I, I think Vanderbilt uh, probably even covers the spread here. Um, I can mm. see it winning by 17. Um, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be good this year, but I think they're going to be good enough to be Hawaii. Yeah, and, like and you, you bring up a, a good point with just the fact uh, that's something I didn't really take into consideration when when looking at Vanderbilt is just the fact that they, they play in the SEC. So when you're, when you're considering Vanderbilt mm. – yeah, they're a horrible team, but they're playing against top top dogs. So that is that is something that I I don't think I really took fully into consideration. Just the fact that right. you, you, if you play mm-hmm. tough teams, you're gonna get a little tougher. So those small teams aren't gonna be as bad. But then, like you brought up, uh, Eastern Tennessee State. So you know, there's there's teams <laughs> where you would think that toughness is gonna get to you, and you're gonna start to to build that up. But right. uh, yeah, I, I, a good analysis too. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think I could take Vanderbilt that high, but. Yeah, to your point, that that's what I was going to say. Is that I don't think that their season records are, you know, can be comparable because yeah. you've got you know Hawaii, who's in the Mountain West Conference, versus Vanderbilt, who, you know, obviously has some some serious competition in the SEC that they've got to play against. I see these two teams like as who? <laughs> <laughs> be careful now. You jump through the screen. You're thinking you. you're thinking <laughs> Auburn or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't stand a chance. Oklahoma's going to find out soon. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> I just see these two teams as two teams that are uh, terribly mismatched. I'm not trying to make Vanderbilt sound like they're you know a well-established, well-rounded team or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination. But I think the thing that will make the difference between these two teams is that uh, Hawaii's uh, com- football complete football program, from their facilities to their coaching staff to everything, it's just completely decimated right now. Like Blake was mentioning, they've lost like 20-some players or something like that last year. They've got a brand-new head coach, so he's trying to not only rebuild, but rebuild without all the pieces in place. And so they're definitely in a rebuilding year. And if that wasn't, you know, if it couldn't be worse, last year um, Hawaii was number 131, or about 25% in returning production, you know, for this year. So they've got a lot of questions and issues in my mind. Um, they've got a couple little advantages. I think this is a home game for Hawaii. And I've wondered with Vanderbilt, Blake said, I didn't know this, that they're out there a week early. Um, mm-hmm. 
did they go out there to to get business settled or did they go out there to have fun yeah you know that's that can be a big difference between the mentality of the players you know what what are they going there for are they looking to try to you know get us get settled down and, and go out there and go to business or are they going to go out there and look at bikinis you know um <laughs> i know which you know, one i would pick <laughs> last last season hawaii was 118th in the epa margin they're 115th in offense 110th in defense so even if they had maintained their team they'd still be short quite a few pieces to put this all together and so um if there's any saving grace i think for hawaii this year uh it might help that vanderbilt does have a poor defense and so that might give them some opportunities to score um vandy on the other hand they they're 20 number 27 in returning production so they've got a lot of their pieces coming back this year in comparison to hawaii um they've they've got a new uh new offensive and defensive coaches so that could play in their favor that could be uh, against them too it just depends on how well the team gels and how well those coaches do um i had them down as an eight point favorite um so uh they were five and one against the spread in 2021 uh they showed signs of improvement as the season progressed and so um you know vandy may be at the bottom of the sec but it's the sec yeah and so you know somebody's going to be at the bottom of the sec so uh, it is a road game for them, so that's going to make it a little bit more dis- difficult. They do have a run game, um, but I just think that overall Vandy's got more talent. And so, you know, I think this could be a – I'll go out on a limb, and I think they could win by 14. Somebody's got to clean the bottom of the pool. Well, yeah. I just think that <laughs> Hawaii has no pieces in place right now, yep. and I feel for Timmy Chang. Uh, God bless him, man. He's got some work to work ahead of him. I just – I don't think the – the pieces are there to even work with right now. We're on the chain gang. What happened to the chain gang? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have left the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, I I think that's just another one of those games that I think I look at and I just see it. The fact that it's, that, that it's in Hawaii. uh, I I just, that's, that's tough for me. I I know that they went out there a week early, but for me, if I'm going all the way to, to Honolulu. uh, Yeah. And and like you said too, you're going out to Honolulu beer and bikini yeah so i mean you're gonna drink some margaritas and sit on the beach most of the time but you know and like those those guys you know that they had fun and went down there and had a good time down there too but yeah did, do they come down there that was one thing that i really thought about was like you know okay are they coming down there to really get their minds set to get prepared for the game or are they just going down there because you know like it, it, you know maybe the coaches had that in, in mind but do the players really have that set in their in their heads that we're coming down here we're not going to spend too much time on the beach and thinking about other things though. We can enjoy ourselves and, and kind of relax and, and take a little bit of a vacation at the same time. Are we still thinking about the game uh, and, and preparation? Because this, it, the first game of the season is usually it, it is, it is the absolute most important in that first game, because that's that you have to focus. You have to, you, you have to start your season off, right? You start off a season. Oh, and you know, uh, Oh, and one, that's that's a really tough thing to come back from. So, uh, you know, and of course you can you can do it. Uh, we've seen that from uh, a, I don't remember if Ohio State lost first first game of the season or not, but they still lost uh, pr- pretty well. No, uh, not last year, but oh. you, you take it back a few years. Uh, see, who did they have is Braxton Miller days when they lost to Virginia Tech, uh, you know, yep. losing just a, a, a big game for for Virginia Tech because they didn't even finish that season doing well. Like they just they weren't very good. Uh, and so, you know, just looking at, at uh, 
uh, Virginia Tech that year. But Ohio State, even though they lost that game that they should not have lost, they still come out to win the national championship that year. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just it's it's one of those things that you 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 you, you look at it. You, you can start off your season with a loss, but you just don't want to go down that road. Uh, and it can really it can really hurt you. So it's it's the first game of the season. You've got to have your mindset uh, there. But I just don't know if uh, if Vanderbilt's going to be able to cover the spread, let alone win this game. Uh, just the fact, like I mentioned, I think Hawaii is known for more of a pass attack uh, with a new coaching staff and and a lot of new players. That could be a lot different. Uh, I, I could be wrong, and I, I'm not really sure exactly what what uh, kind of offense uh, Timmy Chang wants wants his team to to run. But you know, just looking at at the way that Hawaii's been in the past. Uh, just know that knowing that they're they're usually known for being kind of a um, almost air raid. I don't know if I would, if I would call them quite air raid, um, but they're they're known for for passing the ball quite a bit. I think they're going to move the ball a lot. Though Vanderbilt's not going to move the ball very much. Uh, I, I have a little bit of of, uh, of faith in, in Hawaii. I think they might be able to win it. Uh, I I I think I took down thirty eight seventeen Hawaii uh, wow. when I was wow. look when I was looking looking at it just the, for the pure aspect that uh, I just I don't have any faith in Vanderbilt uh, the balls I, on this guy yeah I just I, I don't have any any faith in Vanderbilt and they're, they're take some money on that one. Vanderbilt yeah. Vanderbilt's defense was horrible last year uh looking at that and so I just I I really think uh it, it could be different again it's a new season but mm-hmm. just looking at that defense I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything to stop down an offense that could run or you know that they, they could they could roll or they could they could be uh, you know kind of at a complete stop so Is I don't why know why offense ever really that great uh they've 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 been decent the past, for sure. They've had some years. Yeah. Anti tail. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see the documentary that just came out? I did see that. I watched it. That was, that was actually it. It was very interesting. Spin. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, him after that. yeah. I yeah. definitely, like, I don't know. I'm on the outside looking in, I'm like, this dude's freaking weird. Like, <laughs> this guy just got catfish. That's hilarious. What what a weirdo, you know? Well, and then I, I, watched I didn't the understand the. The story perfect you know right. right before going into that mm-hmm. i understand a little better yeah so. i'm glad for for his sake at least i'm glad that they came out with that and, and you kind of got to see the actual truth i really thing. really got catfish that one that was catfishing that, you know, she was hot that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey you know did did uh did y'all see the picture they posted of manti's wife now uh so they they posted it on social media and i think he has a child also and he ended up winning in the situation, I will say that he come out on top. So uh, all the people that made fun of Manti and everything, I get it. You know, the social media world, you know, it, it is what it is. But watch the documentary if you haven't. Yeah. It's really good. You will get to see a different side. And at the very end, when Manti tells people, you know, he told he told the catfish, he said, look, he said, I forgive you. You know, and he was like, what you you know, what you did to my life, I forgive you because ultimately it cost Manti millions of dollars. You know, he slid into the second round. And so for him to be able to forgive somebody like that and, you know, he, he, one thing I want to, I do want to say is he, he talks about putting Jesus Christ first and that that's, that's big. And I know that's big out in Hawaii. And so it's really, really good, man. I think everybody should get on Netflix and watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go check it out. Thanks. It was, I know I, I saw it, but I just remember the story back then and kind of being funny. You know, and I, I did see mm-hmm. some stuff about it. I, I regained thing. a lot of respect for Manti. Oh, yeah, for sure. That. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, and he was an animal at, at Notre Dame. I can remember when they came into Oklahoma and upset Oklahoma. They're in their own house and just 
really slaughtered. Uh, and, and it was mm-hmm. a big part of Manti, you know, a big part of that win was Manti Teo. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the best thing that's ever happened to Notre Dame in the last 10 years is Manti Teo <laughs> coming out with the documentary. And the worst thing is Alabama. It <laughs> yeah. happened to him. That was the only thing about the documentary I didn't like was they said that it affected his play in the national championship game. Uh, they could have had 15, 20, 30 Manti Teos that night and they would have still got slapped. They they would have, yeah, they would have had to have a Manti Teo times 11 on that defense uh, mm-hmm. in order for them to even stand a chance. So, uh, but did you guys have anything else on, on that? That's Vanderbilt? way more Notre Dame oh. than I ever wanted to talk on this podcast. <laughs> I know we, we knew the fact that we weren't going to talk yeah. Notre Dame, but I, we were. I said earlier when we were doing the pre, all the preseason, uh, the different conferences and stuff, and I said, "Well, Notre Dame thinks they're too good to be in a conference, so I will refuse to talk about them." We're too good for them. Okay, yeah. hey, I, I don't know the rules to this podcast, but can I can I make a confession here? Everybody <laughs> needs a team to hate. I hate Notre Dame. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> needs a team to love. Everybody needs a team to hate. That's right. that's fair. Have you guys have you guys seen on Twitter the ongoing beef, I guess you could call it, between LSU fans and Notre Dame fans that Jay Crane kind of started up this yeah, past week. Yeah, yeah, he, yep. he's been, he's been oh, man. War is going. That's I mean, and one guy jumped on me from Notre Dame, and he said, "I saw that." He's, yeah, he, he was like, "Hey, you know, this is the dumbest thing you've ever said that LSU's in a better spot than Notre Dame." And I said, "Well, that you know, they took your coach, and you're salty about it." And I think he's going to recruit very, very well in the state of Louisiana. And I I think, you know, the look, LSU fans are are second to none. Okay. They are diehard and they demand excellence. And I think Brian Kelly couldn't get the same type of athlete at Notre Dame that he can at LSU. And I think he saw the writing on the wall. And so, you know, Notre Dame fans are salty. And a lot of people, I had a guy compare Oklahoma fans, you know, right now saying that they're just as salty. But let me tell you something about Oklahoma, man. Oklahoma, you, you went and got a defensive guy. And guess what conference you're joining in, in a couple of years, the okay. SEC. And so no fans, need to be salty. Oklahoma fans know that. And I think that's why. Like, that's, Absolutely. That's the, only, that, that's the one thing that, you know, I was nervous, even, even though I'm, I, Brent Venables was our guy. Uh, as soon as as Lincoln Riley left, I said, "I wonder if we could get Brett Venables. That's the guy mm-hmm. I want." Uh, and yeah, you're right, bringing up a, a defensive guy. Uh, Britton and I were even talking about that. It's easier for a defensive coach to come in and, and win. Win. Uh, not only that, but even even be more of a part of a defense than it is for an offensive coach to be a part of the offense uh, and be a head coach at the same time. So I think that's that's really big for our pro- our program too. And then uh, just looking at it, I think the one thing that really turned turned my head and uh, you know kind of twisted my, my mindset around about this season. Cause I was kind of unsure overall. Um, but just the fact that at the spring game, the fans knew the fans knew that this is our guy. The fans knew that this mm-hmm. is, this is the guy that can, can do it. Will he do it? That's a different story. Uh, it's something else to kind of take into consideration, but, uh, you know, just the fact that the fans showed up and sold out, uh, you know, the, uh, Gaylord, uh, Oklahoma Memorial stadium. So, I mean, that's just, that's, that's huge. Uh, and so just the fact that the Absolutely. fans were, were, were that big uh, uh that, that was a that was a big turning point but uh kind of jumping back to Vanderbilt Hawaii I guess we kind of got off on a little rant there but it was, <laughs> I, I don't I yeah I don't I don't I don't mind at all but uh you guys did you guys have anything else on Vanderbilt Hawaii no I don't know. I'm good their defense better show up they 35 better. 
35 points per game last year they gave up. So if they give up that week one to Hawaii, they're in trouble. And if they don't win week one or or week zero, I guess, against Hawaii, uh, they play Elon next week. And if they don't win that one, have fun because it's going to be a tough road. (laughs) They might not win a game. So I think I think Elon was like the one game. That I picked for them to win this. this Does anybody right. else want Elon Musk to buy that school? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then back out of the yeah, and then back out <laughs> and make all of us on Twitter just writhe. And then they can see them. We'll find out all their players are bots. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to our next matchup. Uh, again, another fun matchup. I look at this game and just looking at it on on paper, it looks good. But then you mm-hmm. even take into consideration what what everything is uh, going for these two these two programs, especially Illinois. I, I mainly want to focus in on Illinois for my, my, you know, myself, just because Illinois. I think Brett Billima. I think he he's got a a chance to really turn Illinois around because you look at the last time he was in the Big Ten, he's he's got something he can he can do there in the Big Ten. He's finally back into the Midwest where I think he actually has a chance of recruiting uh, compared to being down south in Arkansas that just wasn't going to do for him. Uh, and not only that, again, you bring it, you bring a guy in from you know down down into Ar- Arkansas. Where you know at Wisconsin he built that program up and uh, and I, I think even before him it wasn't it wasn't a bad program so he, he had a good program and a good conference going to a, a team that was getting ran downhill you know they they, they were or they were kind of going downhill uh, and so they, they they really they really had to build a lot back up in a really tough conference uh, and so that would be that would be like him trying to take over at you know maybe maybe like a current day maybe a current day either maybe Purdue or I, uh, Indiana, something like that in the big 10 and trying to turn that around. Uh, mm-hmm. Illinois, on the other hand, Illinois has just always been mediocre and they're okay with being mediocre. They're okay with making a bowl game. So uh, I think he's school. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, but the fact that they put so much money into their, their football program a few years ago, they've got probably, if you haven't checked out their, uh, their football facilities, they've got probably one of the coolest football facilities in the nation. Uh, and that's saying a lot. Uh, because you know you've you've got big SEC teams. I think Oklahoma's is really cool. I, I've been to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Theirs is really cool. Uh, so they've they, you know Illinois put a lot of money into their their football program recently. So that tells you they want to win games. They bring in Brett Bilima. They want to win games. I think he has a mm-hmm. chance to recruit a little bit better. He's not going to be able to maybe win the Big Ten, you know, anytime soon. But especially with the, those guys down in Columbus uh, looking as good as they are, uh, as much as I hate to say it. But, you know, uh, you know, just looking looking at uh, what Brett Bilema has to bring to, to the program, I think he can do it. Uh, looking at this game on paper, Illinois has a 14-point uh, favorite. It's a 43-point over-under, uh, and Illinois is projected a 75.1% uh, FPI to win this game. Big, big favors. Uh, you know, they've, they're favored big time in this game. Uh, and so just looking at that, Illinois is really looking to post their first winning season since 2019, I think. Uh, and so just looking at, at, at that game, I think that's, that's going to be fun. Uh, but then you look over at the other side of the, the, the ball, you've got Wyoming. Wyoming has had some really good years. Uh, and, and even in recent, recent years, uh, you back mm-hmm. them up just to, to Josh Allen days. That was when they really started really making some, some fuss and even the top, top 25. Uh, and so looking at Josh Allen, uh, you know, in those days and, and when, when he was there, uh, that's not too long ago, and and so Wyoming's had some good years. Right now, they've kind of got a little bit of uh, a, a new QB room, and not a lot of a talent out out wide. So we'll see how their offense can roll. But 
uh, overall, yeah, I think this this is another game that could be a really fun game. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys since you guys are kind of the Big Ten experts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I I think um, these two teams are probably a little bit mismatched, but um, Illinois is in. These are t- both really good coaches. Let me well, let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, Bellama didn't do so good in Arkansas, but before that, you know, of course, he was, he was coach up in Wisconsin and had a really good run. Um, so I've got a lot of respect for both of these coaches. It wasn't too long ago that, uh, Craig Bowles was being spoken of for much bigger coaching jobs all over the, the country. Yeah. So these are both really good coaches. I'm not sure that they've got all the pieces on their team. So this is going to be an interesting game. It is a home game. It's at three o'clock. So kind of a little bit more of a fun atmosphere. Um, like Josh said there, uh, Illinois is favored by 10, um, Illinois ended the season last year five and seven, but that was in a pretty tough Big Ten uh, conference. So, um, and and that was in Bellama's first year. Remember, that was his first year last year. So he's he's rebuilding a program. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, uh, this being his second season, I'm going to expect that maybe he'll take a little step forward. It is Illinois, and it's tough to recruit there. So I don't know how big of a step that's going to be, but I would expect some improvements from Illinois. Um, you got Chase Brown on their team. He's a pretty good running back. Um, McRae, he's pretty good. Um, Love, he, he, they're, Love, their their second and third string uh, guys are are pretty solid as well. Um, in 2021, they only gave up their defense only gave or gave up 3.7 yards per carry. So that's pretty good um, defense for for playing in the, in the Big Ten. And like I said, if they take a little step forward this year, they're going to be a lot better team. They're going to be harder to beat. Wyoming, on the other hand, um, they went seven and six um, in a weaker conference. So uh, they were two and six in their conference. Uh, they're 129th in in returning production. So they they lost some pretty big players. They lost two of their top quarterbacks, two of their top running backs. They lost two of their offensive line players. Um, that they lost. Uh, hopefully, I'll say this right. I think his name is Zabian Belita. So mm-hmm. he was uh, Wyoming's sef- second leading rusher of all time. So they, you know, he he's he, he's gone. Um, they lost some other key players. I won't bore everybody with all those, but they only have three offensive line players that have played more than six snaps in in 2021. Yeah. So this is a really inexperienced Wyoming team. Um, last year they ran the ball 67 percent of the time. They really don't have a pass game. They're 94th in the EPA pass. Um, so I'm going to predict that, uh, that Illinois is going to run the ball a lot. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of explosive passing on either sides of the, the field. Um, this is going to be a, a, a big ground game. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of some smash mouth football, but I just don't think Wyoming has what it takes to keep up with Bellema and the train that's coming their way. So um, I'm going to predict an Illinois win probably by double digits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, because I, like, like you said, too, it's just kind of... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
looking at Illinois and what they've what they came off of last year, I think uh, last year they started off looking better. Uh, and of course, they they started off against was it week zero that they played Nebraska. I don't want to talk year. about it. So you know, it was it was one of those games too. Yeah, I, I know Nebraska lost those games just by one play. You know, every 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 game. If this podcast can yeah. be nothing but insults, I'm. You know, and so so with Illinois, they started off with a win. You know, that's that's big for them. You know, it doesn't matter who it's against. Uh, and so they started off that way. They kind of looked shaky in the beginning of the season, but it, you could tell Billima was getting things put together. And you could just tell, even even on their losses, you could tell that things were kind of uh, really going together a lot better last year. So it, mm-hmm. it was good to, to kind of see that going for Illinois just because it's good for the Big Ten if, if they can have another – kind of underdog come in there and do something. I'm not exactly sure what to make of this, but one other interesting stat I came across was that in 2021, Illinois finished 16th in starting field position. Uh, Wyoming started uh, ended with 122nd. So wow. you have returners, that's for yeah. sure. So Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely going to be a game where both teams are going to want to run the ball for sure. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of explosive, explosive plays in the passing game. Um, but Bielema is really the the key for me. Um, we've all seen what he did in the Big Ten before. He knows the Big Ten. Um, obviously, he wasn't so hot at Arkansas, um, but he knows the Big Ten. He's he's had a lot of success there um, in the past. Now he's not going to recruit like he did at at uh, Wisconsin. No, um, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Um, but with that being said, again, I I think that this is a game Illinois needs to to, to be careful. You don't want to come in and overlook Wyoming because then then you get slapped in the face and Good point. And, and you come yeah. home uh, not very happy. And, and it's a home game, so they think it's our right. advantage. Yeah, that's that's a very so good point to bring this up. This is this is definitely not one of those games that you want to overlook. You don't ever want to overlook a game, but this is this is not one of those games you want to want to overlook. But I do I do like uh, Illinois in this one though. Um, Illinois, obviously in the Big Ten, I think they play in a, in a tougher conference. I think uh, Bielema is going to get things rolling. Um, I don't expect Illinois probably in, in the near uh, years to really take steps forward. I think that they need to crawl forward and inch forward. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. very slow. Baby steps. And I don't know that steps. Illinois has a choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Illinois is a basketball school. And yeah. some Absolutely. Basketball schools. That's their focus. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not down on Illinois. But um, are they ever going to be a, a top power five team? Right, so I, I, I think Illinois is one of those one of those teams that I with, don't think that's Bill their goal. Mar- right, no. with Bill Mar- yep. they need to just inch forward. It's not going to come overnight. They're not going to come over um, off off last season. Now they're winning the Big Ten championship. And, and if but, if Billima is okay with it, Illinois is okay with making a you know a seven Bill seven Mar- win season. Time. Absolutely, he so, has time there. Yeah, so, so that's that's huge for Illinois. It's, it's Be big patient. for him too. I miss the beard. I miss Lovey. Yeah, yeah. Lovey Smith. <laughs> Yeah, so Illinois needs to be patient. Just just relax. I, you're already better last year than, than you typically are. So mm-hmm. just relax, inch forward little by little. I don't think it's going to be, you know, Big Ten championship next year, but like I said, just work, 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 and, and trust the process. They need to, need to uh, trust that Bill Munn can get it done. And, and this is – this they didn't hire him to come in overnight and win the Big Ten championship anyway. Yeah. And, the, and the Illinois – the fans in the school – I don't think they have high expectations. So, you know, let him, let him do his thing and, and it'll take some time, but I, I do like Illinois in this one um, also by double digits, but again, be careful. Don't overlook Wyoming. You know, I, I'm curious. I want to hear Blake's take because um, 
what really kind of blew me away, I, I understand it's the SEC, and it's tough down there no matter what, and it is Arkansas. But Bellamo is such a – I mean, he won the Big Ten Championship, and then sort of a head, scar- head scratcher for me, he had built that program up. They were being pretty dominant in the Big Ten. I mean, they were one of the big, big teams that you had to contend with. And then he bolts for Arkansas and didn't do well down there at all. What what, mm-hmm. what do you think happened there? Uh, look, um, Billima in Arkansas, I don't think he adapted to time, right? to the times of college football. I think he come in and he didn't want to spread the offense out. First off, he, he, he inherited a mess, let's be honest. So he was already behind the eight ball. And well, then I'd, Arkansas has been struggling for a while. You know, that's a fact. And, and it, it got bad. It got really bad out there at, at Arkansas and Billima. I didn't understand the move. Honestly, I, you were at Wisconsin, you were doing big things and you just won the big 10 championship. You have, I, I thought there must've exactly. been program problems there in the program that he did, he wasn't happy with. That's all I could, that's all I could make sense of. Or maybe there's some scandal that never came out that yeah he had to leave and, over. I don't know. And he, Money, absolutely. <clears throat> more than and, more than Wisconsin would be willing to pay, though. I could see it. Right. Now, Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas, big boosters. Uh, Jerry Jones, yeah. The the Clintons, uh, uh, yeah. Jerry Jones, Clintons, yeah, yeah. They uh, they have uh, the the Hunt family. What uh, you're saying is he had to get out of Arkansas before the Clintons got a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't think. I don't. I don't think he wanted to adapt uh, this with time. Has now been banned. <laughs> <laughs> Alleged. And, um, but yeah, guys, I, I don't think he wanted to adapt uh, with time. I, I think he wanted to to still uh, smash mouth. You know, run the football between the tackles, play action pass, and in which the SEC still does a lot of those things, right? But you even look at Nick Saban. He he adapted and he said, "Hey, look, we have to spread things out." I have to bring Steve Sarkeesian. I have to bring Lane Kiffin in here. And we really have to, you know, throw the football. And Billima just didn't want to do that. And I think that's why Tennessee is able to start to get things turned around right now because mm-hmm. you, you can run smash mouth, you know, big, big man, run it down the middle, and and Alabama could do that. They can, mm-hmm. they can do that kind of football. And they can win in the SEC doing that kind of football because they get those recruits. They get those big guys yep. that, can, that can run that football – but where you're Tennessee or Arkansas, where you're you're not doing so well, so you're not getting the big the big tough five and four and five star big guys up front and big running back, fast running back. You're not going to get those recruits right now. So you got to start off, and, and the way you kind of get rolling in the SEC is you got to be able to match and put up points. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of you know offense can make a good defense, uh, and so you know there's you don't want to rely on it too much. That's why Lincoln Riley would make it to the to, to the playoffs. And and lose, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he he would get so close too, and he would he would only lose by you know losing an overtime, I think second overtime to Georgia, uh, you know losing real a really close game to to Alabama. Uh, of course, he got blown out by LSU, but I mean that's that's probably one of the best teams uh, in, in college football history. So, but you know it's just you you take a look at maybe like how Tennessee is doing it and how they're how they're rising up. I think you just got to start off by making your offense into really helping out your defense, not necessarily mm-hmm. taking over to where your offense is your defense, but help your defense out by putting up some points. And guys, I, look, uh, this, this Bielema at, at Illinois, I mean, I, I think he did a, a really good thing this year. They went and got a quarterback out of the portal. Yeah. And 
look, I know Illinois is not going to light it up offensively. They're not going to throw the ball all over the yard. But um, what's his name? Uh, DeVito. Is that the guy they got uh, out of the portal? That's right. I don't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't write it down. But yeah, I didn't. I, didn't write I, I think either. they got Devito from Syracuse, and right. yeah, and he was he was really he was really really good at Syracuse. And I'm not expecting them to come out and throw for 400 yards every weekend, but I think their offense is going to do a lot better this year. And I think they're I think they're just going to destroy Wyoming. I mean. I've got them thirty to thirteen. I think they cover easy. I think that they're just That's too much for Wyoming. I mean, I just Wyoming man, they That's lost so much. Too, isn't it? It seemed like a. It is. Yeah. So Wyoming lost so much on defense, offense. They lost both of their quarterbacks. You know, and uh, they got the kid from Utah State coming in, I believe. But yeah, I just I, I'm I don't trust Wyoming right yeah. here. I mean, this is a bad spot. And and I think Wyoming is kind of in a rebuild for them too right now, uh, just mm-hmm. from losing so much and from, uh, you know, like you, you just get you got to put some stuff together. I, I think your your prediction was pretty close to mine. I had Illinois thirty two to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think that I, I do think that uh, Illinois will end up end up taking this one pretty well. No doubt. I don't even know what that is. It's some kind of like beetle or something. What's that? <laughs> little hornet thing in here uh we'll we'll go ahead we'll go ahead and move on to a matchup that none of us are really looking forward to but it's it's a game that's going to be on today uh so uh, (laughs) but nebraska northwestern this this is a a really fun game because you take northwestern Britton and i were talking about this northwestern is a team that it doesn't matter what year it is they could be really tough and they could they could even make a run for possibly the big 10 championship or in that same year, also lose to Nebraska, you know, fifty-six to, to fourteen, whatever it was last year. There was fifty-six-seven. Fifty-six-seven. Yes, I mean it was. <laughs> Don't it was give just, them anymore. It, it, you know, like, so, so it even was false hope last year. Yeah, they last turned the corner. Well, but they can have a year like that last year where they lose to Nebraska that big, uh, and and they can they can they can just get killed by Nebraska, but then they can also come out uh, mm-hmm. and and be tough the next season and put up a fight. And make it maybe a ten to seven game, you know, going into overtime kind of game. Uh, it, it can it could be a really tough game, and the fact that Northwestern is always that question mark, no matter what week it is, no matter what year it is, no matter what decade it is, no matter who their coach is, they they are always a question mark. It's always Pat Fitzgerald. It, yeah, and it, they're always a, a question mark. So taking a look on on paper, uh, they're going over to to Dublin, Ireland. Uh, it's it's that's a really cool atmosphere. And I was even telling Britain, I think for uh, we we talked for about it golf <laughs> yeah well, well, and they're playing in a soccer stadium and uh you know from yeah and from from what i can understand it seems like a lot of soccer fans over there uh they're going to be coming in and so you you get you get those soccer fans that, that's what i wish college football would would, would kind of inherit a little bit more is just how rowdy it is there because Tearing, you know, soccer not just the goal post stadium. but tearing down the stadium yeah yes yeah like you know soccer fans crazy. soccer fans are insane and so i think that's going to be a really loud atmosphere i don't know if it'll be as because we, we talked about that i don't know if it'll be louder than memorial stadium but mm-hmm. just i think because, it'll be louder in huh because these these people don't understand american no, they football don't. at all what well, one of the one of the interviews that i saw in there they were interviewing some people from ireland and they were saying you know what do you know about American football? And the, uh, you know, guy from Ireland, he says, he says, 
there's a quarterback. She says, okay, great. What else do you know? Who, where does he throw the ball? To the running back. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. He says the linebacker. linebacker. Oh, the linebacker. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, linebacker. That's what I meant. I'm hoping so. Northwestern. But yeah, just uh, looking looking at that game, just knowing that it's in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, again, talk about jet lag. We we talked about Vandy going down to Hawaii, uh, but you know Nebraska and Northwestern both going over there. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna play a factor into the game. And they've both been there for a week now. Yeah, and so you know going over to Ireland, I think that could be one of the rowdiest stadiums that either of those teams have been a part of. Uh, with Nebraska, I think Nebraska's stadium has been very loud. Uh, you can you can hear it, you know, even from over here. Uh, how loud that stadium can get. So, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, that that's, that's going to be a, a fun atmosphere. And I think both, both teams, I think will walk away from that atmosphere uh, and playing. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, they're already kind of taking it in, I'm sure. And, and just the fact that after the, after this game is over, um, but looking at it on paper, FPI has uh, Nebraska as a favorite, 78.7% favorite, which is big. Um, but then uh, it's, they're also 11, 11 point. Okay. So that's even changed since the last time yeah, I, I looked. Saw 12 last uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, and then I even saw uh, 13 at once. It jumped down to nine. So now it's at 11. So some, uh, I know some, some injuries happened. I think uh, you guys had a wide receiver out, right? Uh, yeah. Omar ran <clears throat> playing this so, week. so that, that kind of caused it to jump around a little bit. Um, but Nebraska still a big time favorite, uh, 11 point favorite. Uh, that's that's pretty big when when talking about this game. I think just per FPI percentage, uh, they're you know again seventy eight point seven. Uh, the over under is fifty two, so that's a little higher than what I was expecting it to be. But uh, I, looking at this game, looking at it on paper, uh, of course it's going to be a fun game because again, Northwestern is one of those teams that you they're they're going to be a question mark no matter what week it is, let alone being week zero. Uh, which I hate that terminology, but I also don't know what else to call it. <laughs> not quite week one because all college football is not it back. Is week one. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, but it's 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 week zero. You know, and they're going against Nebraska, who has been rebuilding, and it's been a painful process. Uh, but you know, it's it's something that they've they've been rebuilding, uh, and so Nebraska finally has a year that, with all of the changes that that they've that they've had. It looks like on paper there's no way Nebraska could could lose this game. Oh, we can um, find a way. <laughs> they can find a way. Looking at mm-hmm. it last year, and Britain Britain brought this up. I think we were talking about this yesterday, the day before. How you know Nebraska was really tough in all of those games last year, though. You know, like it, it doesn't matter. Look how look how tough they are. You said, I said, I said, yeah, but they still lost. Uh, you know, they well, still they, they, they still found a way. That's that's yeah, not they, a, that's not just a statement. That's a reality. Like, just go. If you don't believe me, go watch the final quarter, the fourth quarter of the Iowa game. Yeah, we literally gave that game to. Oh, them. big time. Yeah. The Ohio State, State, State game. Turnovers. Oh, the yeah. Ohio, yeah, the Ohio Michigan, State game. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan game. Yeah, Michigan game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma was a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. There's just. Yeah, yeah, it was just. It, it, there, there was. It was Groundhog some, Day last year. Yeah, there, over and over. <laughs> there was some some big time games that you you just. Almost, almost one, one play, literally, and, and mm-hmm. probably all or, of those. Or games. one mistake doesn't happen at a key moment. Yeah, you know? at, at and least that changes the game. At least narrowing it down to, to you know, take a step back, one drive, because Britton and I talked about that Oklahoma game starting off with three. Was it three false it starts three in a false row? Starts in a row to begin and then, our and then, offensive series. Yeah, and so I mean, you still got down there almost in field goal position. Did you end up kicking a field goal? No, oh, we did, and we missed it. Okay, so yeah, well, yeah, that's that's typical for them last year. Two special teams. Special teams was another one. I think special teams was better in that uh, Oklahoma game because you, you you return you you, you get a, a field goal blocked and returned for two more points. Uh, you know, and there there was a lot of that. Even uh, Michigan State, I think, had that against you guys too. Uh, you know, where, where special teams were 
where special the, teams was our Achilles heel last year. Yeah, so that that's why I look at this game, and I think that's why this game is so so exciting. Not even just for a Northwestern or a Nebraska fan, but just looking at it from the outside in. I'm sure uh, Blake could probably uh, could, could probably verify that just because, like, looking at it, Nebraska looks like they could they could they could do it this year. But it seems like the last mm-hmm. three years they looked like they could do it. This is the probably most favorable schedule that Scott Frost has, and luckily for, sure. for luckily for him, it is that way. Uh, I think he needs to win seven. I think that's his his mm-hmm. cutoff mark. Six is a question mark because you made a bowl game. Can you win the bowl game? Maybe maybe then uh, maybe I'll, I'll say six with with a seventh win in a bowl game. But I, I think seven wins on the season is what he absolutely needs. And even then, it's still kind of a question mark for me. Um, I think eight secures his job. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yep, that's going to be a, a tough road considering the last half of his schedule. So yeah, yeah, and so it, you you got to win it. those winnable but difficult mm-hmm. games. Yeah, you, know? you you look at this game though. Again, it just I, I see this as being a really fun game because of not only the atmosphere, but then taking into effect that it's it's any given Saturday, and it definitely comes down to it this Saturday with with this game. Uh, I'm I'm going to kick it over to Blake first with this game. Kind of kind of give us your rundown on Nebraska Northwestern as maybe an outsider from the, from the SEC looking in on the Big Ten, looking at this matchup. Careful, careful, <laughs> careful. Guys, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm with the Cornhuskers today, okay? I I like what Nebraska has. and feelings are very of, fragile, okay? I, I guess I don't have to kick them, guys. <laughs> no, hey, I'm about to tell you something. One of the most exciting moves in college football this year was Scott Frost going to get Mark Whipple, yeah. okay? Sure. That – that right there, in my opinion, showed it, – it should have showed Nebraska fans like, hey, he cares, okay? He wants to win at Nebraska. He it, This is his dream, okay? He doesn't want to go out uh, being 15 and 29. He does. He doesn't want to do that. That's his home. That's that's. He left. He left what he was building a powerhouse at UCF. Okay, and and I know all about it because I'm an Auburn fan. He he whipped our our tail. All right, he they he are put it on us. Champions of that year. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, you know. <laughs> they can they can claim it if they want to. I mean, I, I think it's fair to give them the claim. Yeah, I think they know? should have had a shot yeah. at it. I, I, I yeah, yeah. Robbed about that. Well, and and, yeah. and looking at the fact, like you said, they they kind of like they didn't just beat Auburn either. Like they yeah, kinda, they handed it to them. And yeah, they the they took it to us. The fact that they can do that to the team that was the only team to be able to upset the national champions that year, I think, just goes to show that hey, you got to give them a shot. I don't think they were going to beat Alabama. I, no. I don't think they stood a chance against Alabama. But I didn't think they had a chance against Auburn. No, but yeah, but that's yeah, I mean, I that's what I was going to say. Game, I didn't but, think they had a, mm-hmm. a chance against Auburn. I didn't think they had a chance against any any big team like that. But they just kept on proving it, and they went uh, you know two seasons in a row with Scott Frost where they had just phenomenal seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, you know, even, even after that, it shows how much Scott Frost built that prog- program up because even after that, Josh Heupel comes in, he kept it going. He kept it afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now, uh, uh, what, what's your Auburn coach? Uh, Mazan. Gus Mazan. Yeah, Gus Mazan. Yeah. So he's, he goes over there and he's, <laughs> he's still doing a good job with the program and so much to where now, like, uh, I think this is the last year for them before they enter into the big 12. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big move for them. I don't, I guess I don't I don't know because Power Five doesn't really mean anything anymore, but that's that's a big move for him. But yeah, and guys, my thing with Nebraska is I love what they did with Mark Whipple. Okay, and this is a guy that that we know what Pitt offense 
did last year. I mean, they were electric, right? I know they had Jordan Addison and they had Kenny Pickett, but the job that Mark Whipple did with Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's got him right there at the Steelers now, and they're saying that he could probably step in and play year one up in Pittsburgh, yeah. and he's been lighting it up in the preseason. And 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 then you go and get the, the Thompson kid from Texas, and before the injury last year, you got to be excited about that. And the, the what was the um, wide receiver from LSU? Uh, name slipping my mind. Um, Trey Palmer. 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 That's it. Uh, that's got to be exciting. I mean, he he went out and got playmakers. And and coming from LSU too, if he was recruited by LSU, that is known for big wide receiver school. Exactly. You got OBJ. You well, got. Let's not forget that we got Mickey Joseph too, who mm-hmm. he was at LSU. 2019, they won a national championship. Yeah, yeah. So, That's and Mickey Joseph, they recruit like nobody. They recruited nobody Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Just you, you, you look at that. That's all like back to back to back to back to back. It, they, they're they, they're lined up in wide receiver. So if they're recruiting that guy, you know he's good at wide receiver. You know he's going to be something big. Absolutely, and and I just. I look at Nebraska, man, and there's got to be there's got to be the the winning factor, the 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 go make a play and finish finish the game. All right, you gotta you gotta stop with the fourth quarter collapses, the mistakes. Uh, I think their that their defense needs to get some more turnovers. I think that needs to be a big emphasis this year, and and just stop with the stop with the mistakes to lose games. You got to have that winning mentality. And I'm excited for this year. They have three games that they should win before they get Oklahoma at home. I think like you guys said, he has to get to eight wins to secure his job, but this schedule is favorable. Okay. And I think there has to be a lot of excitement this year, even though you went three and nine last year, you were in every single game. Okay. And He's 15 and 29, but look, I'll give you a little stat. Um, they they only scored 30 points twice last yeah. year. Okay. But I think that changes this year. I, I think that their I think their offense is is going to just uh, maybe not light it up, but I think they're gonna produce at a much higher level. And I think they're gonna steamroll Northwestern. I really do. I think they're going over there with a purpose. A lot of people said that, you know, it's it's going to be the jet lag and the defense is going to be ahead of the offense. And uh, I'm just not with it. I think they're going over there, and I think they're out for blood. I think that they are ready to, to prove the national media uh, that that keeps throwing the losing mentality out there. I think they're ready to, to prove something. And I think this team – Look, before coming into the season, I'm predicting eight and four. Uh, I mean, I I think that the schedule's favorable, and they actually have some legitimate playmakers on this offense. And I think they're steamrolling Northwestern. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say like forty-two to seventeen, man. And yeah, you're you're going a little higher than I am, even. But uh, yeah, I just think with this being week zero, first game, I think they're gonna get the jitters out, different atmosphere. But something to look at too, I think, like like you mentioned. You've got three games that Northwestern is a question mark because again it's it's Northwestern, uh, and mm. uh, even your other your other two games on there that you should win are are still just kind of up for for grabs. I know the one is what should be an easy game, but then is it Georgia Southern that you guys are going against? 
Uh, yeah, we're going against yeah. Georgia Southern. So Georgia yeah. Southern, I'll be there. Is, yeah, and that that's a game that I think could turn into a little bit of a dogfight. Uh, not not big time. It could, yeah. depending on mm-hmm. how how Nebraska plays. So I think if you don't start off three and zero going in, you know, going into that Oklahoma game, I, I just don't think you're even going to win seven games. If you start off, you know, uh, two and one, and then you fall to two and two, that's a big jump going from two to one to two to two. That's that, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of demoralizing. Uh, so I think you have to start off three and zero. You have to do that by starting off one and zero. This this could be the biggest game uh, in in uh, Scott Frost's career. Uh, so as of right now, it is the biggest game in his career, uh, at least at Nebraska. So uh, I, I would agree he, with that. He 100%. has to win this yeah. game, guys. If they lose to Georgia Southern, the, the Nebraska faithful uh, is going to lose their mind. Oh yeah, they they, yeah, they yeah. will. And he's he's on thin ice. Nebraska fans mm-hmm. feel that way. He he knows that. I think he's safer than what we think, though. I do not think so. Really, I think he's, I, I think I he's safer. I think he's safer than guys that say. I think Trev, if, Trev if Albert wins. saved him from being fired last year. I, and, I and think that's why I think that and that's grace. why I think he has a little bit more time than I. I think he has to win seven games. Yeah, I think I don't think he has to win eight. I think he has to win seven. Yeah. Um, that's he, that's that why I think he's safer than some people say. Because some people say if he doesn't win eight games, he's out of here. I'm no, not I don't saying, think I'm so. not saying if he goes three and nine mm-hmm. again, he's got a job no. next year. I'll, I'll no, he's gone. He, he yeah. needs he needs <laughs> that. Um, I'm gonna kick it over to you guys uh for, for the for the matchup there. Okay, I, I, I think that people are maybe a little bit slow to realize that the, the, the landscape of college football is changing very subtly, but very very in very big ways. Um one of those things is has been around for a little while now called the transfer portal. So there's mm-hmm. no more, you, you, a lot of players don't have real deep loyalty to their team. If they don't get playing time, it's adios and they're going to try to move on to greener pastures. Free agency. So that, yeah, that allows them to be a free agent and we can't, mm-hmm. uh, can't hold them captive anymore. Combined with that now, which it's, that was just sort of the, uh, the opening of the gate, but now there's, a fish hook with some bait on the outside called the NIL Mm -hmm. and where Nebraska was fortunate to be really ahead of the curb. We were, uh, we were prepared for this way before most school schools were, we had a whole system in place anticipating this, that this might happen. And so you, now you've got deals in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're like number two, I think in the nation, as far as NIL deals, which explains how in the world a three and nine team can be attracting four and five star players once in a while. And this is ridiculous. They would never consider the cornfields in Nebraska without an NIL deal. And so you've got, you know, Casey Thompson coming in, getting new vehicles and, you know, million dollar deals and, and kids are, you know, having money in their pocket to come to Nebraska. So in the short term, don't, don't get me wrong. Other schools are going to figure this out and it's going to balance out in the end, I think for some schools. Now, why do I bring that up? The reason I say that is because some schools are not going to have that. I mean, I don't care how much organizing they do. And unfortunately, I think Northwestern is one of those schools that is not going to benefit from NIL. It's going to hurt them tremendously. And it's, in fact, I think this is maybe the beginning of the end for some football programs. I think Stanford's on the ropes um, and some others. But um, I, I don't want to overhype this game, but I don't think, you know, kind of, to some points that have already been made. I don't think that as a Nebraska fan, if you're here in the thick of it, <clears throat> you know, at, in, in that area, I can tell you that I think that this is by far 
the most important game of Scott Frost's career. And also, I am going to argue that this is the most important game for the school in recent history. And for one reason, you know, we, it's no secret, we've all mentioned, and I've heard this ad nauseum in the off season that Scott Frost is on the, in the, on the hot seat. Um, but I'm going to tell you why I believe he is on the edge of the precipice and looking over. And that's because in 2021, in order to maintain his job, he took a million dollar cut in pay and they restructured mm-hmm. his contract. And that contract is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out come October 1st, because they, 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 I, as far as I'm concerned, they sent a very loud and clear message to Scott Frost when they restructured his contract, his buyout drops from 15 million to 7.5 million on October 1st. So after the the Purdue game, I think Trev Alberts, the AD, he's going to look back at this season's record and he's going to have to evaluate and say, okay, is Frost our man going forward? And I think there was also some, you know, backroom discussions and what they tried to get because they picked up a a fellow by the name of um, Mickey Joseph. Now, I don't think that's by mistake. Mickey Joseph was our quarterback back in 1988 and did a pretty good job. Um, So, and he's done a a heck of a job being a coach down in LSU. Um, If I'm Scott Frost, I'm looking at Mickey Joseph and seeing that they already have my, my replacement in the wings. If I can't pull this off, don't get me wrong. I think these two men are going to try to work this together. Um, But Mickey's not going to shy away from that head coaching job at his alma mater. So um, I think, you know, Trev, Trev Alberts has is, is essentially sent the message giving Scott Frost another half a season to see if he can get some things to change. Now, here's the interesting side of things. I think we all would probably agree that psychology may have more to do with football than talent on the field sometimes. And mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it's like to be Scott Frost in a position where you know you're literally playing for your job in the next five or six games. Um, I don't know how that affects your your emotions, your decision-making, and things like that. I have to believe that the other coaches are going to try to keep him in check. But then again, Scott Frost is the, is the head coach, and he's going to have the final say on things. So um, one of the reasons why I say, though, that this is one of the mo- – this is the most important game and half the season ever – for Nebraska football. And that's because, you know, we sort of lost something I'd say in the, in their late nineties, you know, in 97, when we lost our, you know, or had our last national championship. But after that, things were still pretty good with Frank Solich, but after Solich was fired, um, the wheels kind of started to come off. We had some good years under Bo Pelini. And I think we didn't appreciate what we had uh, when we had him and got a little bit greedy and (laughs) maybe fired somebody that we shouldn't have. Sorry about that, Bo. Um, I'm not a hater, but um, Bo, plenty for listening. We love you. <laughs> we love you, Bo. We come back, Bo. Come back. No. <laughs> we'll take nine wins. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. This is the most Nebraska football that we're ever going to have. Forget about the three and nine record, okay? Let me read mm. down a list for you and just remind you of who we have on our staff right now. Starting with our our AD, which is Trev Alberts, who played in the early 2000s for a really good Nebraska football team. Uh, This is his alma mater. 
more alma mater to follow. Scott Frost is our head coach. I don't need to give any explanation there. We've got Mickey Joseph. He's our associate head coach. Played for Nebraska in 1988. Uh, he comes from that beloved Osborne era, the, the, the days that we long to get back to. We've got Barrett Rude. He was assistant coach. He played for us in the early 2000s. Zach Duvall, who's our strength and conditioning coach. Uh, he played uh, or didn't play for Nebraska, but he may have. I, I don't know about that. But um, I do know that Zach Duvall got his start. Uh, that Nebraska is his alma mater, and he got his start like in 1997, I think, uh, during the the Osborne era. It was really uh, back in the, the Osborne days. I thought I had that in my my notes here somewhere. But anyway, uh, he was a, he started off as a student head coach. He, he, he played – or uh, worked for Nebraska until 2002 under Osborne and Solish. And so he was there, and he saw two national titles won in the beginning of his career as a strength and conditioning coach. You've also got Matt Davison, who's our senior uh, assistant or a senior associate athletic director. Um, he was a wide receiver for Nebraska in that 1997 game all the way through 2000, made that famous catch that bounced off the back of somebody's foot, and he dived in the end zone and caught the caught the catch and won the you know won the game for us. Um huge play for Matt Davis and everybody remembers him for that. And we've got Bill Bush, who I'm a little partial to because I live in 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 a part of Nebraska that's just uh, maybe 20 miles from his hometown. He's from a little uh town called Pender, Nebraska. And so that's kind of right there in in my heart. You know, that's that's where he's coming from. And Bill Bush has his education comes from Nebraska. Um and he also uh, has been the former special teams uh, coach at Nebraska. He's back in that position now, a position we desperately need help in. We got to fix things on special teams, hoping Bill Bush can get that done this week or this year. And so I, I just, I'm saying all that to say this, that I'm, I, there's never going to be a moment in history where we have seven men on the coaching staff coming from their alma mater. This isn't a job for these guys. These guys desperately want this to happen. And so if this doesn't go well, the first half of the season for Nebraska, um, it'll be interesting to see how many of these guys stick around. I'm going to look at this Nebraska versus um, Northwestern matchup. And on paper, at least, um, I'm going to tell you, I think, first of all, this NIL, as I explained, hurting Northwestern. It'll be interesting to see if Pat Fitzgerald has these bounce back years, you know, like where he goes three and nine and the next year he's nine and three, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore because if you're a player, you know, you got to wonder why go to the cornfields of Nebraska? Oh, there's a big pile of money there. So do I want to go to Illinois up where Northwestern's at, or can I go get, make some money in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm going to take the money because it's about equal for there. So I think there's going to be an unfair recruiting advantage for schools that have these NIL offers. Um, mm -hmm. This is going to be an interesting year because I really don't know what to expect. This is a brand new team, um, especially on offense. There's been so much of an overhaul. Um, new offensive staff, new new offenses, offensive staff, uh, an uh, associate head coach, uh, of offensive coordinator Mark Whipple. We've got a new running back coach and Ryan Applewhite. Uh, we've got new players at Nebraska, Casey Thompson. We've got a brand new quarterback there. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if this is a good fit for him. Um, and, you know, when you look, though, I, I want to sort of um, temper Nebraska fans' expectations, okay? We lost Adrian Martinez. And I'm going to say this. Adrian was a, a heck of a person, and he was a heck of a player, and a heck of an athlete. His Achilles heel, what he, what he really hurt us on, were just some just a few mistakes at very key moments. Mm-hmm. And we lost a, a, a quarterback that had 14 passing touchdowns, 13 uh, rushing touchdowns. He had a 64.6% completion. He ran 2021 for 2,617 yards, or a total yards, rather. Uh, he ended the season ranked second nationally in 70-yard runs, fifth in 50-yard runs, and seventh in 30-yard passes. 21st nationally in pass yards per game and 15th on offense per game. He averaged 308 yards per game. That's seven nationally in yards per completion. He was averaging 15.2 per pass and 9.4 per pass attempt. I don't care what anybody says. Adrian was a hell of a quarterback. I mean, that's just the, the, the truth of the matter. What killed us was those just, Crucial moment things that that uh, that happen, and I'm going to tell you on paper, Casey Thompson looks really similar in some respects, but I'm not convinced that he's as good on his feet, on his legs to escape the the sack. And the reason that concerns me the most is because one of Nebraska's uh, problems that they've been working on for the last few years is that they've had this really weak offensive line. And they didn't protect Adrian very well at all. And so he found himself scrambling a lot in the pocket. Um, And Adrian's feet saved him more times than I think Nebraska fans gave him credit for. So if Casey can't escape the the pass rush uh, and he's sack prone, um, is he going to turn out to be worse? Because he's got the same arm, I think, they're, 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 Numbers are about the same, but if he can't escape when that when that offensive line breaks down, um, you know, I, I just don't know if if he's going to turn out to be everything that Nebraska fans are hoping that he's going to be as the I, as, I, a, as a solution. He turned the ball <laughs> over nine times in five games last year, which is about the same as Adrian. So yeah. I, I do think uh, I do think Casey Thompson fits Scott Scott Frost's offense much better than Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. Sarkeesian really didn't utilize him. That's why you're not going to see much. I probably the, agree to that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why you're not going to see much of the you know how good are his are his legs and that kind of stuff because I just don't think that Steve Sarkeesian utilized him the way that Casey Thompson should have been utilized and he has an arm. Uh, he's got power and he's got accuracy. Uh, just what you know if he can keep calm and perform in those clutch moments, that's really where I think he has to make the difference because. He was very similar to Adrian Mart- uh, uh, not a- uh, Adrian Martinez. I kept on saying Taylor before. Now I'm messing up. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Taylor. Table. So, you know, so I, I think that's one of the things that a- uh, Adrian uh, kind of messed up with last year was just keeping it, keeping it, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the clutch moments, keeping it calm. Uh, and that's something that Casey didn't do well last year either. So that's something he's going to have to really pull around. Now, one thing I think will help us too is Nebraska absolutely raided the transfer portal. So yeah. we did really well on that. And some of that's thanks to Mark Whipple. Mickey Joseph did a great job on that as well. We picked mm-hmm. up Isaiah Garcia out of New Mexico State, uh, or Isaiah Garcia Castan- Castaneda. Yeah. 
Mark, Marcus Washington. And of course, everybody's talking about uh, Trey Palmer, who came out of LSU. Uh, those three guys together ran, went for a com- combined total for 1,099 yards and nine touchdowns in 2021. And so they, they look like they could bring uh, some more weapons to the, to the arsenal. And on top of that, we've got three of our top running backs returning. We've got Ramir Johnson, Yaquez Yamp, and Marquis Stepp. And um, let's not leave out. This is, isn't all going to affect this game because O'Shawn Mathis isn't playing. But we've got Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner. O'Shawn gonna... Mathis is out. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was thinking of Omar uh, Manning. Omar Manning. Oh, sorry. No, O'Shawn Mathis is going to okay. be in. Yeah, that's that's big. the old guy. I'm like, man, that's, we <laughs> that's really big for the defense too. Well, Britton and I were talking about that because you pick up a, a guy, so your your secondary. You're returning secondary. You only have one guy that has an interception returning on your secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and so you you don't have a lot there in your depth on, on secondary. So what are you going to do? And you've got Oshan Mathis who comes in, and he is a, 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 an animal, uh, an edge rusher, and somebody who can put a lot of pressure, making the quarterback throw it faster is good He's for that stud. for that uh, inexperienced secondary. So I, I think that's really, and I think he beats, I think he wins his matchup today probably. So yeah, that'll be a big part of it. But th- those three guys, <laughs> Mathis, Nelson, and others, they've created kind of this hybrid position for them called the edge. And that's going to be interesting to see how that helps the offense and things like that. Let's not forget though, that Northwestern does have probably, I would, I would argue say maybe the first uh, pit, offensive line pick in the NFL draft this season, this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll play left or right, but he will probably go as a first offensive uh, tackle. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah. but, um, that's just one piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, Northwestern, as I see them just across the board, they just don't have all the pieces there. I mean, um, I know I've got pages and pages of this stuff, but uh, I'll just I'll just throw one thing out there that I think is, is probably the, the biggest part. And that's their key player, their their quarterback. Um, not impressed at all. I mean, I'm sorry, Northwestern fans. I, I total respect for you, but you know, last year they went one and eight in the Big Ten, three and nine overall, and I think a lot of that problem centered around their quarterback, Ryan Helsinki. He transferred in from South Carolina a couple of years ago. He's only got a 54 percent complete completion. Now keep that number in mind, because you could kind of excuse that a little bit, but he's less than a hundred thousand, or I'm sorry, less than a thousand yards per season. So. He only had three That's touchdowns last year. That bad. He only had three <laughs> touchdowns for the season last year. He averaged 4.9 <clears throat> yards per attempt. And out of 67 Power 5 quarterbacks, he ranked 67th. Uh, hmm. He's 67th in big-time throw rate percentage. He's 64th in most turnover-worthy play rate. He's 63rd in uncatchable pass rate. And he's 56th in average depth of target. So what that means is that he's, he's got a really poor stats, even though he's not even throwing deep balls. His receivers must suck. This is, this is a guy that really doesn't belong. Like he might be third or fourth string quarterback material at best, but this guy doesn't belong in this. And Northwestern is going to have to rely. They're going to be incredibly one-dimensional because of this. They're going to run Absolutely. the ball. And not only that, but they've been killed. They lost eight players to the transfer portal, only picked up four more. Their best game in 2021 to me looked like Rutgers, where they just won 21 to seven, and that's Rutgers. Um, their best rusher, he barely broke a thousand yards. If I remember right, it was like a thousand eight yards. 
that's Evan Hall. And yeah, it was a thousand nine yards, sorry, in 2021. And their next closest rusher ran for 349 yards. So can, can they run the ball? If we, if we shut down Evan Hall, what, what do they got left? I, I don't know. I just see them as a really shallow team. The defense does have a few bright spots. They've got some good players on defense and some others that are okay. But I just think that this is a, a really lopsided matchup. I mean, unless they've made some really astounding adjustments that's going to surprise me today, um, I think you're going to see somewhat, maybe not quite as big of a blowout, but you're going to see somewhat of a repeat of what happened last year when we when we beat them 56 to 7. It's maybe not going to be that big of a spread, but it's going to be in the in a 20 to 30 point range, I think. So for the, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll go pretty quick on, oh, knock it off. on it since you took up all the time. I mean, he, uh, he threw out all the stats. Too. Yeah, I mean, I've got enough um, I, I like Nebraska in this game. I'm biased, sure. But um, just everything got to be a fan said, of somebody, though. Yeah, everything you just said. I mean, Northwestern hasn't I don't, I don't have any reason to believe in anything that's going on in Northwestern right now. Um, I think they've got a, a few uh, decent players on the defensive side. I think Gallagher's a good linebacker. Um, I think he'll take a step this year. Um, and like I said, they've got a, uh, probably the first offensive line pick in the NFL draft possibly. So I think they've got a few pieces, but up one, one good guy here and one good guy there is not going to, not going to do it for the season. Not enough pieces. Um, I think, I think Nebraska takes a big step in the offense this year, um, compared to last year. And I think our defense is, our defense is kind of a question to me, but because we had, a, they had a good defense last year. They just didn't have a great defense. They, they had a good defense though. But I think they may even take a small step forward this year with some of the some of the uh, transfers that we got in that that are just like you know it's one thing to get a really good recruit out of high school that's not proven that you don't know anything about but he's a really good high school player versus getting a, a transfer kid that's come in with playing time in the in college football and has that experience that game time experience that's that's huge for Nebraska and I think the transfer portal is really going to help us this year uh, they really really attacked it and. And got some uh, got some key players. They got a you know five star. Uh, I think he's gonna probably play safety this year out of Ohio State. They've got O'Shawn Mathis. Um, went after you know obviously the wide receiver and Trey Palmer and and uh, and a quarterback in Casey Thompson. I think uh, they got the pieces together this year. I like Nebraska in this game. I'm definitely nervous because I've, I've been in the abusive relationship with Nebraska for the past <laughs> several years. Um, so you I'm, can go I'm, ahead and show your I'm, your bruises yeah, and I'm, stuff. I'm. Oh, these are these are open wounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like I, I, I don't. I'm never comfortable saying that we're gonna win. Like, yes, Nebraska got this one. I'm never, ever, ever comfortable. They have to prove it to me first because I've been, I've been hurt so. Every many times. game last year, we said we can't do this all season. We can't possibly find a way and, to lose every what? game. You oh yes, can. we can. And after, and after again, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, special teams away from beating Oklahoma, that was just, you know. That was kind of a turning point. Brent and I were talking about that. I think we we probably all talked about the fact that man, if you know, this was probably the best loss we could have ever had. You know, it was like so. Because- so to that point, I gotta say this. Okay, so this people laugh like, how stupid is that to, to call this the best the the best three and nine team to ever play or something like that? Okay, I'm gonna make the argument because we may have gone three and nine, but if you total up the number of points that we scored last year versus the number of points that our, our opponents scored last year. Somehow, this is an odd stat, we outscored our opponents, okay? Um, we played <laughs> because of Northwestern. Eight, we yeah, played Northwestern eight top 25 teams last year, six of which 
were top 10 teams and two losses of those, one of those losses, um, two losses were by, th- uh, by three points, I think is, I don't know what my notes say here, but anyway, <laughs> uh, one of those losses though, in 2021 was by, yeah, it was by three points and it was to Michigan who went on to win the big 10 title. Um, we lost another game in overtime to number nine, Michigan, and we lost Michigan State to number six, Ohio State. I mean, so that was the that was the one big blowout we had with nine points. That was our worst loss of the season. So of playing a brutal schedule like that, <sighs> we we did so well, but didn't get a W. You know, so I I don't know. I thought we were supposed to do like an hour podcast. I looked at the time. Yeah, I know, but it's first week of first week of college football. Don't invite your dad to talk about Nebraska football. (laughs) That's the mistake he made. We got we got four guys who love college football, and it's it's week zero. Uh, I I guess we we will kind of cut it off there because I was I was hoping between an hour hour and a half, uh, and we're over that mark. Mm -hmm. But for everybody who did make it this far, uh, if you joined late and you want to see more of this, uh, make sure to tune in again. You can always go to rising2.com and just check it out on the on the. uh, homepage there and tune in there watch us live every saturday morning 8 a.m central uh, 9 a.m eastern uh you can always check us out make sure to share share because we're still a small podcast right now we're just we're, we're small we're growing uh we're, we're doing some big things we got kind of got some strides that, that have helped us move along the way uh and so make sure to share uh you can follow us on twitter instagram uh make sure to go over to apple Podcasts. you can listen to the podcast we release every monday wednesday and friday now uh, so you can go over there and then again, uh, join us here. We want we want more people to join in live on Saturday morning, uh, mm-hmm. so we can get ready for game day because th- this is exciting. Uh, it's college football. College football's back. College football's here, baby. It's here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Blake, uh, again, remind everybody where we can find your stuff. Uh, guys, you can find me at the Up Tempo Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's where I mainly spend most of my days, man. Uh, I, I, I like posting on Twitter. I like getting at some fan bases and, and just talking college football, man. Uh, most of my podcast is about SEC football. I do dig in to uh, the NFL. Uh, I love Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I watch the Yankees every night. So uh, I've, had, I've had Gary Sheffield Jr., uh, Eric Hubbs from, from Barstool on to talk Yankees baseball, but mostly it's about the the Southeastern conference. So you can find me at the uptempo pod on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So go check him out and you can also listen to the uptempo podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, mm-hmm. pretty much anywhere you get, get podcasts, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, and, and one thing I do want to say is uh, I'm, I'm with belly up sports. Uh, they're out of Ohio and uh, I just, Found them through Twitter, man, and found them through Twitter, and we linked up. Um, I'm 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 with them on their site, so you can also find me there at Belly Up Sports Media. So something that has belly and sports in it sounds like it's something for me. Hey, <laughs> uh, they they started the they started the the company, and a guy actually told them this will never work. You're gonna go belly up, and yep. so they made it that's their awesome. name. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. that that is really cool, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of in my neck of the woods too, because I'm commuting from Ohio right now. So kind of, kind of bouncing back and forth for work right now, but yeah, yeah it's go, go check out Blake and uh, the uptempo podcast. Uh, again, make sure to, to like subscribe, uh, follow us. We're, we're going to be on YouTube. It's just, YouTube has weird guidelines where I had to pass a bunch of tests and, and, you know, make sure that I was woke enough to be there, but uh, we'll, we'll be on YouTube live hopefully next week. 
Uh, but we'll we'll they'll we'll. never let me on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thanks thanks everybody for watching, uh, and until next time. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.